WSBN, Pinellas Park, W262CP, Bayonet Point. Brought to you by Moss Nissan. Moss Nissan. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. If we could lose our salvation, then we destroy the very doctrine of the power of God, the omnipotence of God, the very power of God the Father. It's related to this. If we could lose our salvation, then God the Father is not all-powerful, is He? Because He can't keep us. He's not strong enough to keep us. It means a puny man can frustrate the power of God. Welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. That was a very strong statement, wasn't it? In simple terms, if we can lose our salvation, then God is not the Almighty. As we heard on the last verse by verse, Jesus assured us that both He and the Father are completely able to keep us saved, no matter what happens. If He said that and didn't mean it, then He's a liar and cannot really be God. If He meant it but is unable to accomplish it, then He's not omnipotent and, again, cannot really be God. If he is not God, then his death on the cross is not sufficient payment for the sins of the world. And if that is true, then we are all still lost in our sins. And that's why we are studying the dangers of not believing in eternal security. Steve Kreloff has been the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel since 1981. The series of lessons we are airing right now have been developed from a message series Pastor Steve gave early in his tenure at Lakeside. We've worked hard to digitize these 33-year-old audio tapes and make them sound as good as we can. And I think it's well worth the effort in order to bring you this clear biblical perspective on a topic that has been at the center of dispute among evangelicals for a long, long time. In our last broadcast, Pastor Steve shared some specific dangers that we face if we choose to ignore or reinterpret the many verses that assure us of our security in Christ. One is that if we don't get this right, we will be unable to understand a lot of other scripture. Another danger is that we may become spiritually depressed because of fear and doubt. A third danger is that we will anticipate the rapture with dread rather than joy. What if we're not ready? Number four is that we will spend too much time in introspection and not enough time focused on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. A fifth danger is that we are likely to serve God out of fear more than out of gratitude. And sixth is that we will not be able to rest in God's promises because we won't be able to be sure they are specifically for us. Now here's Pastor Steve with more about that rest. This week I received a card from a friend of mine. I didn't get the chance to ask her if I could read part of it. Knowing her, I think she'll allow me to. But in this card... She, uh, she said this to me, and I quote, Another way that believing in eternal security helps us is that it helps us bear the trials of life. She writes, I think of the man who wrote, It is well with my soul after losing four children. He realized that no matter what happens to us, if we are assured of our eternal destiny, we can bear it. This knowledge has really helped me this year. This is the only hell we will ever endure, whereas it is the only heaven for the unsaved. This hope takes us through. I thought you'd like to know that, and I think that's so true. We can rest in who the Lord is and the salvation that he's given us, but if you don't have that assurance, if you think you can have it one day and lose it the next day, 
then you are really one who will never rest in God's grace. In fact, Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews chapter 4, says the person who rests is the one who has ceased from his labors. Just rest in the grace of God. Just rest in the salvation he's given you. So it leads, uh, if you don't have this one danger, if you don't believe in eternal security, it leads to unrest because you cannot rely upon his promises if you wonder if it's for you. Number seven, I think, is very important. And it's one that we often don't think about. Number seven and eight are very, very crucial. Now, those who don't believe in eternal security would never state it this way, but it boils down to this. It inevitably leads to calling the Lord Jesus Christ a liar. It leads to that. You say, how does it lead to that? Well, the, the pivotal verse of this whole doctrine as we've gone over, in fact, this is, why, this is what reminded us of, of studying this, is John chapter 10, verse 27 through 29. Let me read it to you. When we came to this in our study on John, the Lord impressed upon me, this is a good time to stop and look at this issue because this is the clearest verse or three verses in the entire Bible about eternal security. John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, he said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them and they shall never perish and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who's given them to me is greater than all, and no one's able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Now, I want you to listen, because this is a sobering thought. If you perish, if any one of us who have, who have put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we perish, if any one of us, just one of us perish, or any of his sheep perish, then Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, has lost, listen, he has lost far more than you. For you have only lost your salvation, as important as that is, that is all you have lost, but he has lost something far greater than that. He has lost his whole integrity. His whole integrity he has lost, and that is ultimately far more important than an individual salvation. You say, how, how does that work? If one sheep is lost, then he is not the good shepherd, which he said to be. And if he's not the good shepherd, then he lied. And if he lied, then he can't be God, because the Bible says God who cannot lie. And if he isn't God, then his death doesn't mean a thing. And if that's true, then we are simply wasting our time discussing the security of our salvation, because there is no salvation for any of us to discuss. So if one sheep, just one sheep perishes, then he has lost his entire integrity of which everything else stands or falls upon. That's why this doctrine is so important. He would be a liar because he said that no sheep, they said my sheep will never perish. He didn't say if they follow me or if they do this. He just said they know me, I know them, they follow me, I give them eternal life, they'll never perish, period. They'll never perish, unconditional. And the reason they'll never perish is because they're in my hands and they're in the Father's hands. They will never perish. So think about that the next time someone says you can lose your salvation. They are ultimately saying that the Lord Jesus Christ lied. If he did, that's it with our salvation. Might as well close the book and go home. There is no salvation if he lied. Now, another, another danger related to this is this, number eight. If we could lose our salvation, then we destroy the very doctrine of the power of God, the omnipotence of God, the very power of God the Father. 
It's related to this. If we could lose our salvation, then God the Father is not all-powerful, is he? Because he can't keep us. He's not strong enough to keep us. It means a puny man can frustrate the power of God. I'd like you to turn to John chapter 17. This is the high priestly prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is praying, and he says in verse 11, he says, I'm no longer, now he's speaking to the Father, I'm no longer in the world. And yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, this is his prayer, keep them in thy name, the name which thou hast given me, that they may be one even as we are, or as we are one. Now who is Jesus praying for? Well, in one sense, he was praying for the apostles, but in another sense, he was praying for every one of us and every believer all through the centuries. How do I know that? Because verse 20 says this, Jesus also prayed as he continued, I do not ask in behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. He said, I'm not just praying for the men who are before me. I'm praying for all who believe through their word. You say, well, doesn't that mean the ones who they initially witnessed it? No, you believe through their word. You believe through the Bible. And that's the word of the apostles because that is the word of God through them. So Jesus prayed that every saved person, all of his sheep, would be kept in the Father's name. Now, if a single Christian isn't kept, then you have, you have uh, one of two things. Either Jesus prayed out of the will of God, which is impossible because he is God, if he prayed out of the will of God, it means that he wasn't led of the Spirit. Because the Spirit is the one who ought to lead our prayers. And it means if he wasn't led of the Spirit, then he wasn't totally righteous. If he's not totally righteous, he is not God. But we know that's not true because we've been studying John's Gospel. And we know he is God. So it can't be that. The other option is, then God the Father doesn't have the power to answer a prayer like that. Jesus prayed that way in the will of God. But God the Father is just too weak to answer that prayer. That's the only other alternative. But the New Testament over and over and over again reminds us that God is able to keep us. He's all-powerful. He'll never let anyone go. He will not lose us, even if we're carnal, even if we're sinful. You know what Jude says? Jude, the last book before the book of Revelation, says this. Jude 1 and verse 24, Jude verse 1 and verse 24 speaks of God's power. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are the called, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. You are people who, if someone says, well, what are you? What do you believe? Are you a Christian? You can say, well, I'm one who's kept for Jesus Christ. That's what you are. That's the title of us. We are the ones who are kept. We are kept for Jesus Christ. Verse 24, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. God is able to keep us from falling. He's not weak. God is able. I read the first Peter passage where we are kept for this salvation. We are kept by the power of God. How about first Thessalonians? This, this is a passage that isn't often used, but first Thessalonians chapter five, verse 24 or verse 23 says this, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you and uh, sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body, and that takes care of all of us, be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Paul says, I pray that at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be without blame. You'll be preserved. You say, can God do that? Look at verse 24. Faithful is he who calls you, who also will bring it to pass. Listen, he called you into this life, and he's faithful that he is going to bring it to pass. That the life you've been called into, you will continue in that, and you will get to heaven, and you will live for all eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who believe that you can lose your salvation ultimately have a very low view of of the sovereignty of God. That goes along with it. Those who believe that salvation can be lost must have a low view of God's sovereignty in other areas. In fact, one day I remember hearing a conversation between two people. One of those uh, people believed, one person in that that party believed that uh, God was sovereign and they couldn't lose their salvation. The other person happened to believe that salvation could be lost. And they were discussing uh, Johnny... Erickson, who had a, uh, an accident years ago and she dove into the Chesapeake Bay and broke her neck. And God has used Johnny Erickson in a great way. And they were discussing uh, her and her life and her accident. And the one who believes in God's sovereignty and the one who believed that salvation is forever uh, expressed to this person, her perspective was this, God is sovereign and this is God's plan for her. There are no accidents in the Christian life. And I was shocked to to hear the other person's response was this. The person who believes you can lose your salvation said this. Well, that was a dumb thing she did, and she really uh, deserved what she got. She did a dumb thing, and this is the consequence of it. You know, what a low view of God's sovereignty. What a low view. I think Johnny Erickson would say it was a dumb thing. I think she would agree with that, but to, but to have that attitude of, well, this is just an accident, God, God kind of was sleeping when it took place, he wasn't powerful enough to prevent it, uh, that's just the way life is. Listen, if you believe that salvation can be lost, it affects your whole perspective of life. If God isn't in control, then you'll have to walk in fear. The fear that, that God is sleeping or slumbering and that he's not powerful enough to stop an accident in your, in your life. It affects all of life. In fact, the Bible says, and the psalmist said, He that keepeth Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers. And he that keepeth you neither sleeps nor slumbers. God doesn't take naps. God doesn't doesn't have a sign that says, out to lunch. He is always in control, and he is always sovereign. And if you don't believe that, that's going to affect your, your whole life, about the power of God. Not only that, if God isn't powerful enough to keep you, then not only do you have a low view of God, but you have an exalted view of man. You you have a view of of man that's exalted, that man can frustrate the very plan of God. He cannot. He cannot. All you need to do is, is review the Old Testament book of Daniel, and you will realize that man, in spite of his sin, in spite of his rebellion, will not frustrate the plan of God. God is almighty, and he is the sovereign one. You say, well, what about us? We wander so much. We're so carnal at times. Absolutely. We are so prone to wander far from the God we love, which is the song. Lord, I feel it. Prone to wander far from the God that I love. But you know what? Jesus said that he'll keep us. Jesus said, him that comes to me, I'll in no wise cast out. What does no, no wise mean? It means no way. No way will Jesus ever cast us out. He said, what if I sin? Well, Jesus said, there'll be no way that'll cast you out. No way that he'll cast you aside or cast you out. He keeps us and we persevere. So a man in church history by the name of A.T. Pearson 
He said this. He said, you ask me whether I believe in the perseverance of the saints. He said, I tell you no. I have no confidence in the saints and their perseverance, but I believe in the perseverance of Jesus Christ. The reason why the saints persevere uh, in grace is because Jesus Christ perseveres in the saints. Isn't that good? Don't have an exalted view of man that man keeps on. He can make it. No, we make it because he keeps us. And because, and because he's all-powerful, he can keep us. And we never need fear, no matter how far we get in our sin. You know, I, I ask people who say they can lose their salvation. I say, well, what sin do you have to do to lose your salvation? How far do you have to go? And they don't have an answer. In fact, uh, I heard a pastor not too long ago say that uh, he was preaching to his congregation. He said, you know, it's a lot harder to lose our salvation than many of us think. He's right. It's a lot harder. It is impossible to lose your salvation. What sin is there in the Bible that says you've lost it? You look at the Corinthians. The Cor- you couldn't get a church any worse than that. At least I think you couldn't get a church any worse than that. There was incest there. There was wickedness there. There was division like, uh, like, like you wouldn't believe. There was all kinds of problems. They were getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. They were acting like gluttons. Paul says, you're saints. He never says, be saved. He said, you are saved. Now live like you're saved. They were into uh, error with their doctrine. All kinds of problems. They, They abused their gifts. They were loveless. I mean, what sin do you have to do to lose your salvation? Don't you think that if there was a sin that would cost you salvation, that God would put it in the Bible so we'd know not to do that? Either this week or next week, I'm going I'm to share with you about Lot, L-O-T. The man Lot was a wicked man, but he was righteous. You know that? He was a saved man. I had a person recently tell me that uh, this person said, if a person sins, it means they were never saved to begin with. I said, wait a minute, are you saying one sin means that a person is not saved? He said, right. I said, well, let me ask you this. If you... Uh, Go out and you lie after you speak with me. You go out and you, you know, someone says, how are you? And you say, great. And it's not true. You're miserable. I said, does that mean you've lost yourself? What would you do? He said, well, he said, I'd come back to my, to my apartment. He said, I'd get on my knees. I'd repent and I'd ask the Lord to save me because it means I wasn't saved. I said, well, what do you do about Lot? And I explained and I'll, I'll hold that for a little bit because I said, what do you do about Lot? And I went through all the sins of, of Lot's life. And he said, well, was Lot saved? And I turn to a passage that says he's righteous, says he's, I think three times it says he's godly, or he was righteous positionally before God. What do you do with the Apostle Paul who said, I am the chief of sinners? Not I was, I am the chief of sinners. Was Paul not saved? See, it's ridiculous. We persevere because he keeps us. And we persevere in grace because Christ perseveres in us. That's the the beauty of this. Now, getting back to John chapter 17, if God the Father or the Lord Jesus Christ would ever lose one person, then he wouldn't be all-powerful. Now, people who believe he can lose their salvation often say, point out to us, about a character in the Bible who they say lost his salvation. In fact, 
man by the name of Robert Shank in his book Life in the Sun who does not believe in eternal security is a whole book dedicated to uh, attempting to destroy what I'm teaching you. He says this, and I quote directly from him. He said, those whom the Father gave him, Jesus kept except one. And people inevitably use one character in the Bible who they say Jesus never kept. You know who that is? I'm going to read John 17, verse 12. Just after he prayed, keep them in your name, he said, verse 12, while I was with them, I was keeping them in thy name, which thou hast given me. And I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Now, Jesus is accused of losing one person, the son of perdition, which is none other than Judas Iscariot. And they point to this verse, and they say, aha, you see, Jesus said that he guarded them, not one parish, but the son of perdition. Now, did Judas, was Judas saved and then lost? Many believe that. Many say yes. They claim he lost the salvation when he betrayed Christ. And a verse they often use to prove their point, and I'd like you to turn there so you can see it, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 24 and 25. Now, the context of this is that after Judas hung himself and was no longer with the apostles, uh, Peter stands up and says that we've got to have somebody else who take his place. We've got to have 12 apostles. And, um, and they were choosing between a man named Joseph and a man named Matthias. And verse 24 says, And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, who knowest the hearts of all men, show which one of these two thou hast chosen. Good prayer. Show us. Verse 25. To occupy this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. Or some versions say from which Judas fell. Now people read this verse and they say, you see, Judas fell or he turned aside. But the question is, what did he turn aside from? What did he fall from? It doesn't say he fell from salvation. It doesn't say that Judas turned aside from salvation. What did he turn aside from? The ministry and apostleship. He turned aside from, the, from being an apostle. Judas was never saved to begin with. You say, can you back that up by scripture? Yes, I can. But let me, let me say this. Judas was never saved. This verse does not say he turned aside from salvation. Peter never prayed that. The early church never prayed that. They simply prayed he turned aside from the ministry and apostleship that he had. You say, would Jesus choose an apostle who wasn't saved? Apparently he did. Yeah. Why? Well, that's another message. There are some some, uh, reasons for that. But mainly the scripture had to be fulfilled. Judas was, was one of those people who, like in Matthew 7, 21, 23, he'll say, Lord, Lord, we did this, I did this, I did this. Open up. And Jesus will say, depart from me. I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. Judas never had a new heart. He was never saved. And I'm going to show you that in Scripture. And I would love it if we had time to let you hear that Scripture today, but we are running out of time. So let's all plan to be here for the next Verse by Verse as Pastor Steve Kreloff wraps up this message on the dangers in not believing in eternal security. I hope you can tune in, but I'll tell you in a little while how you can listen online if you do miss our next broadcast. Pastor Steve Kreloff is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. 
Verse by Verse is just one of the vital ministries at Lakeside. To learn more, check out their website, www.lakesidechapel.com. Another ministry that isn't exactly part of Lakeside, but is near and dear to Pastor Steve's heart, concerns our blind listeners. If you have a digital talking book player from the Library Service for the Blind, and you want a free audio Bible for your digital player, here's the number to call, 800-838-5924. Or visit www.blindbibles.com. Now back for what to do if you can't be here for the conclusion of this three-part message in our next broadcast. One thing you can do is get on your computer and go to versebyverseradio.org. While there, you can stream or download today's or any previous broadcast. Each day, we do our best to have that day's program ready for you to access at no charge. That's versebyverseradio.org. The other option you have is to call for a free CD containing the entire message with no announcements. If you'd like to do that, call 727-239-0306 and ask for message 7269, Dangers in Not Believing, Part 2. That number again is 727-239-0306. If no one's there to take your call, just leave a daytime number on the answering machine and someone will return your call during business hours. I'm your announcer, Jerry Peterson. One argument.